This is the 4501 Podcast, episode 36, Blockchain Explained in 2019. Hey, Tony, how's it going? Pretty darn good. Has it been a while or not? It has been... I would say three or four weeks since I've last talked to you. Wow, that's like a good month. I know, and I'm I'm looking on you, uh, looking at you, not on you. Well, I guess on and at. I'm looking at you on Zoom right now, and your hair is looking really ragged. So the first question I have for you is, where do you get your haircuts in Southeast Asia? Oh well, wow. well yeah, you're right. I haven't cut my hair since I left. Um, there's a there's plenty of options. I just haven't set aside the time to go. And I see. I think they're relatively cheap compared to the U.S. Maybe you should make a video about it. That's an idea. Stay tuned. Where do you get a haircut when you're traveling abroad? Solves a lot of people's problems. I guess so. <laughs> um, and so one thing that does solve people's problems or creates problems for people is the idea of today's podcast episode. So Tony, you want to talk about what today's podcast episode is? <laughs> it's blockchain and I know what you mean. I think a lot of people are confused by blockchain whereas a lot of people are impacted positively about blockchain. So I think the idea here is to demystify blockchain. Okay. Well, let's let's demystify it. Um and actually before we demystify uh what blockchain is. So um tell us where you are now since you are since like so scheduling wise wi-fi wise we haven't been on the same page which we is which is what we were referring to like a couple seconds ago but uh where are you now because i'm still in maryland getting yeah. stuff done okay yes yes from your uh, your phd which we will talk about um i am in bangkok thailand last time we talked i think i was in laos still and the internet i'll tell you something the internet is much much quicker here they How actually have they have uh, they have fiber here. I, uh, I'm not really? actually I'm not sure if in, they have in it in Thailand. They had it in Chiang Rai. It was some of the fastest internet I've ever seen. Okay, mm-hmm. why do you think that is? I don't know. They're just like up on it. They're techy, and it's it's pretty fast here too in Bangkok. Okay. Well, one question I had for you is when you went to Thailand, um, you got to saw the cave where the soccer players got stuck. Yes. I did. How was that? How was that? Um, well, was unfortunately, well, so you can go to the entrance of the cave and then they have like a fence that says restricted area. Nobody can go in. So we couldn't actually go in the cave, but we saw the surrounding areas, which if you were following along when that happened, like brought back a lot of memories from like, you know, where all the rescuers parked. And then there was also that statue from the, um, the Royal Thai Navy guy that actually died when they were rescuing the boys so um i got to see that as well that's pretty cool they, they actually that was last year wasn't it was it, i feel like 2000 it was, it was 2018 between end of june and early july okay yeah yeah because i feel like that was fairly recent so they must have erected that uh that monument pretty quickly was it like a like a really nice one or is it like a kind of like a unofficial one no it was very nice i, I was surprised too that was my thought like how quickly they done this it was really cool and really nice I'll, I'll have a video on that in the coming weeks maybe okay, cool 
Yeah, yeah. Not All me. Right. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Well, well, if you want to watch those, uh, well, that video and all of Tony's videos while he's traveling in Southeast Asia, go to your, what's your YouTube URL? Did you actually get a direct link? I did. YouTube.com slash Tony Florida. Okay. There you have it. So let's go back to de- demystifying. De- oh yeah. Blockchain. That's what we're here to talk about. Okay. Um, yeah. Blockchain. What is blockchain? I think like a simple definition is like, it's basically a distributed ledger that records economic transactions. And most of the time, uh, that's Bitcoin. That That's what people first think about Bitcoin. Yeah. But yeah. it goes so, past so pe- that. Yeah, exactly. People think synonymous, synonym, synonymously, right? Do I have that right? Synonymously. I like it. Yeah. They think, they think Bitcoin and blockchain are the same thing. But um, what they don't understand is... Blockchain is simply a transaction between two people and it's well, it, it's actually like more secure because it's open. So no one can tamper with it. If someone does tamper with it, you can easily track it and everyone can see it in the world. It's not behind like a, a privacy door or, or closed, I don't know, back room deal. It's on the internet. It's a transaction between two people and anyone can see it as long as they have the transaction ID. Um, blockchain uh in order for this transaction process to happen is simply uh, you need computers to actually process all these transactions and so if if you devote your computer to processing these transactions that is your reward you get a bitcoin for processing x amount of transactions and so they're synonymous but they're not exactly the same thing yeah i think a good way to summarize it is blockchain is the technology that Bitcoin and all the other coins are built on top of. So it's like the underlying um, tech software, whatever you want to call it. That's what it's made up of. Exactly. Exactly. So um, do you want to go through the history of blockchain? I mean, I mean, it's fairly recent, right? I I actually don't know that much about the history. Do you? I I don't. um, But while you're looking that up, (laughs) I can give you a quick overview of like what it looks like, what it why it's called blockchain and what okay. that looks okay. like visually. Okay, ignore the the history because I just know some Japanese guy made up Bitcoin and that's who the founder of blockchain is. But talk about uh, what what uh, you're going to go into. Yeah, yeah. So blockchain. Why is it called blockchain? Well, you have to think about this in like an abstract manner because um, it's it's for me like this is coming from like a computer science perspective. If you ever heard of a linked list, Mark? No, I don't list? know what no. a linked list is. Okay, well... I know what a Linksys router is, though. <laughs> well, that, that gets you halfway there. Okay, good. <laughs> um, so, so basically, just imagine these virtual blocks, okay? Just like any type of block. And inside the block, you have a couple pieces of information. You have data. And the data, in the case of Bitcoin, is the transaction that Mark was talking about. So just an exchange of money between two people. Oh, so, so, so it doesn't even have to be money, right? It, it can be anything. It, it can, can be, be anything. Goods. It can be anything. Pictures, um, a website URL, who knows, anything. Yeah. So some, some type of data. There's, uh, this is the tricky part. So you, you probably don't know what a hash is, but the next piece of information is the hash. And the hash is basically a unique representation of the data. So you can, and it's like a one-way thing. So... Um, you 
apply some type of algorithm on top of the data and it spits out a hash. So it's like F5926354 JB, you know, some some random string like that. That's yeah. a hash. So, so so I think the easiest way to describe it is like a barcode. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like so you have a block which holds your transaction account or like history. It's in this block and then you have a barcode associated with it. Mm-hmm. Right? And the barcode's unique for each block. Exactly. Yes. Okay. So and then so you have the data, the hash, and then the third piece of information for each block is a pointer or a reference to the previous hash. Exactly. So yeah. So um essentially by knowing by one block knowing what the previous block is, you can kind of make like a chain of blocks essentially just think about a pointer from one block to the next then the next block point to the next one and so on and so forth so you end up with this chain of blocks and the blocks are sequentially ordered by transaction timestamps or in another case what like they're just sequentially ordered by time and in the end you come up like i said you come up with this chain of blocks and that's where the name comes from blockchain exactly yeah and so like Putting that into kind of more simpler terms, you have two barcodes. One barcode encodes for the actual block that is housing the transaction. The other barcode encodes for the block uh, that was previously like created, and then you kind of link those together. And yep. so, and so, talk about do you, so talk about how this is more secure as opposed to like uh, like how is how is this format like this blockchain format how is this secure so yeah the the hashes are the key point to it being secure once you have this hash on top of a block if somebody ever tries to change some piece of data in that block even if it's just like a cent or like a dollar more a dollar less you're gonna change the hash as well because remember i said the hashes are unique for each block so by changing any piece of data the hash is going to automatically be off and because, like Mark also said, blockchain is distributed. Everybody has a copy of the blockchain on their computers. Everybody's going to instantly know, or within like 10 minutes or so, know that the block has been tampered with. So there's like this anti-tamper mechanism. You can't really corrupt the blocks. And it has this like awesome, awesome security built into it that is essentially unhackable. Unless, you know, unless there's like... I guess unless there's enough people corrupting the blocks to agree with it, to have some sort of consensus, but that's really, really hard at this point because there's so many people processing. Well, so I'd argue that, well, there, that may have held true probably at the height of Bitcoin, right? When everyone was doing their cryptocurrency mining. Um, mm-hmm. And again, cryptocurrency mining is basically just letting your computer validate these transactions. Um, so just making sure that those two barcodes are actually accurate. Um, and so depending on, and you would get cryptocurrency back from that. But um, nowadays, since the cryptocurrency mining kind of craze has ended, I would imagine that there's actually a higher possibility that someone could actually just come in and dominate that system. Like, since there isn't anyone mining anymore. Well, and so, uh, yeah. And so, and so, and so cons- for consensus... I believe all you need is 51% of the total validation power. Because like, I know that's called a 51% attack. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so if you have a 51% attack on the blockchain, meaning that, let's say, 
you have 51% of the validation power of an of a blockchain, okay? Mm-hmm. Then you can actually alter the blockchain pretty easily. Because yeah, cuz yeah. you would have you you have consensus, right? Right. You yeah, that that, that would give you consensus at that point. Um, I don't. Do you have any idea about what the numbers look like for cryptocurrency or any other coins? Crypto coins, uh, like how many people are mining nowadays versus before? Do you? I, do you have I any? have no idea, but um, I really don't. I just know the craze has gone down, and so let's just say that over time. So, so the craze at the peak of the craze, uh, the the algorithms producing these blockchains. They relied on kind of two different things. You could either mine with like a video card. If you don't know what a video card is, go back to our build a PC episode where we talk about video cards. But basically, um, they're 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 chips that are good at processing numbers, and that's all blockchain really is. It's calculating these complex uh, math problems essentially. And so the the GPU is really good. And so some uh, blockchains rely on GPUs, but on the other side. You can actually get something called ASIC miners. Do you know what an ASIC miner is, Tony? ASIC—that's application-specific integrated circuit. Yeah, so it's basically I, I, a chip designated for mining. And so, what happened is like these ASIC miners are, are like ten thousand dollars, whereas a GPU is like two hundred. Okay, two hundred mm-hmm. to three hundred. Um, and so, depending on which blockchain you're trying to validate. Um, Either they're like ASIC heavy now, so like they depend on ASIC mining or ASIC like chips, mm-hmm. or they're still like able like GPUs can either like mine like validate those transactions still. So it just depends because those ASIC cha- uh, those ASIC chips can like stay on twenty four seven, and they'll like people just set up warehouses of these ASICs just to get those cryptocurrency coins. Yeah, that's something interesting that we could talk about is like everything that goes into mining because we we've actually tried that mark and i at his place there in baltimore um one of the the major considerations is the electricity that you're using to mine like the power just the the raw power that you need to mine because you're constantly running it 24 7 computing the hashes one block at a time yep and also the heat right so power and heat and Mm -hmm. so a lot of times you'll see like these crypto we call them what do they call them they're called cryptocurrency farms. Mm-hmm. Basically, you can they, they 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 rent out like let's say they have like ten thousand GPUs. They'll rent out every single GPU to to someone who wants to mine, and it's called cloud mining. Oh, and okay. so, a lot of those cloud mining warehouses are actually located in like the poles. So like near Sweden or the Netherlands, where energy is cheap and it's just cold outside because mm-hmm. then they can keep down kind of the heating cost right yeah yeah that's really cool i didn't know or, about or the that, cooling cost right yeah sure sure um yeah that's <laughs> for our one one machine bitcoining rig that we built uh I, I guess you just had to live with the extra heat in your living room <laughs> yeah look, look look we made we made over 150,000 we made over 150 dollars cryptocurrency mining okay and this is at the height too so we were working with Ethereum, is that right? Ethereum, yeah. and then we mined Electronium too. So that was over the course of a couple of months, or how many months was that? Probably two or three months. So think, I mean, up front, we, we you had to buy the card, the graphics card. 
Yeah, which at the time, so at the time we bought the graphics card, it was two seventy five, which was jacked up incredibly because of the cryptocurrency mm. craze. And I didn't know that at the time because I didn't know what GPU prices were like before the craze actually started. Right. And so, like, we actually paid a hundred dollars more than the card is actually worth. <laughs> so we, so it seems so like just so based- so the cryptocurrency mining actually didn't make us money. It just brought us back down to MSRP. <laughs> <laughs> or made, made me money it just brought us back down to msrp yeah so yeah it, it seems Which, I like mean, honestly it was it's worth it though right i mean so a lot of the the gaming players a lot of people gaming are the ones validating to bring it back to blockchain are the mm-hmm. ones validating and these transactions on blockchain because what they're doing is they're using their video cards to to game during the day and at night when they're not sleeping they're putting up these computation problems to validate the blockchain and getting these cryptocurrency and then exchanging those for money and that's just simply a way to offset the money they spent on the graphics card yeah that's that's makes perfect sense they already have the hardware and that's a good way to pay for it it's like yeah free money essentially we're making money while you sleep exactly exactly so in any case bring back to blockchain so um what do you think uh like so did you hear that jp morgan i think or chase jp i forget jp morgan chase yep, jp yep. morgan chase they just came out with a new blockchain technology new blockchain chain technology so not a crypto coin it was uh something having to do with blockchain yeah they're actually like doing a blockchain um Mecha- I don't know mechanism algorithm I forget I don't know what it's actually called mm-hmm. uh, no I haven't heard about this is, is it something for the finance sector specifically yeah it's something I think it's something internal it's not something or for like private clients it's not anything it's not out f- for the public okay yeah I mean for somebody like JP Morgan Chase that's like they're dealing with a lot of people's sensitive financial information and to have it secure and protect it through blockchain I mean that that's a perfect use case in my opinion yep and then and then facebook's come out with their new um cryptocurrency libra that's what they called it libra libra did you look into that at all like i have so or? so the way <laughs> so facebook is trying to set up its own cryptocurrency for purely because it's trying to generate its own marketplace like Right now they have a, I believe it's called a Libra Consortium. And basically a lot of the Silicon Valley um, companies have signed on to this consortium saying that, yes, we will support this currency if people want to. Um, I don't know if you invest in it or buy it or something like that. Whatever. If you get Libra currency, these companies will accept it as a form of monetary payment. And um, I'm not quite sure how the network exactly works. I didn't read their white paper, but I know that it's it's a very expansive one. And I know that the people who are actually mining and validating these transactions, they're not. It's not like open to public like you and I could do. Like if we were mining Ethereum, aka validating the the transactions on the Ethereum blockchain. We could do that. We just have to download a program and we could do it. But mm-hmm. for Facebook Libra, it's actually set to like a couple different companies. Um, and those people are the ones who's going to be cloud computing it. But I think 
they don't get any money for validating those those transactions. I think they're actually it's a contract. So they had to pay Facebook to get that contract to do it. Yeah. Wow, that's really interesting because that kind of takes away from the whole premise of blockchain where you have a distributed ledger, right? Because you're kind of centralizing the ledger at that point with yeah. within those three three or whatever, those handful of private companies. Yeah, exactly. And then you also bring up the idea of like it's not – it's so I think, I think there's always been a push against 100% centralized, which would be like the U.S. government, right? Right. Right. Versus yeah. 100% decentralized, which is essentially blockchain. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's going to end up in the future going to be some sort of medium between like semi-decentralized or semi-centralized. I don't know. Whatever. It, right. it depends if you're a glass half empty or a glass half full type of guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there, there's probably some happy medium that will come to with some sort of, I don't want to say oversight, but like tr- tr- some sort of trust where there's somebody overlooking it but not not at the same time not really i don't know we'll yeah, see as time it's, goes it's a by. weird concept because blockchain block, blockchain blockchain <laughs> is built on decentralization so mm-hmm. and consensus and so if this libra doesn't necessarily go against that also um i think facebook or the libra i shouldn't say facebook facebook created libra I think they, they the the companies involved in it. I don't know if they want this to be regulated by the U.S. government, um, and so it's always the question of: Is Libra a public good or is it a public currency? Like you didn't, who knows? So, yeah, so I think I think, but it's it's good in theory. The whole entire idea of this Libra consortium, but I think there's a lot more red tape that this consortium has to go through with the u.s government or actually the whole world there has to be a a lot more regulatory processes to to oversight what's going on yeah that's a that's a really good point mark because it it is taking away from the traditional way of thinking which is a centralized bank like the u.s mint and how many how many crypto coins do you think there are nowadays like hundreds like thousands right like and that's just over the last decade or so there's going to be so many more to come and like what is the value of this virtual essentially virtual currency does it actually have value in the like and at the end of the day i think it's the value that we give it give to it just like does a dollar bill actually have value so i think over time we'll see that either become accepted globally or or not We'll yeah, see. I think I think I think there's a lot of different ideas roaming around, and I don't know if there's a good um, answer or if there's mm-hmm. a good solution at this point. Yeah, I think I think we just sit back, watch, and if you care to invest, go ahead. But uh, I think I'm gonna stay out of this one. Yeah, I, um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see, Tony. Yeah, it could we'll be. We'll see. I like the biggest mistake of my away. life. I, I like to gamble my money away. <laughs> That's essentially what it is, I think. Um, yeah. I, I did do a little bit of research here, and it was Satoshi Nakamoto who found so, it. So we don't, but we don't know who Satoshi is. No, no, no. That's like a, an alias, right? It's an alias, or it's actually his real name, but we don't know who who it is. Right. 
and that was there's back all these in 2008. Story, I actually find like all these stories like hilarious, but like because because I I've heard one story that Satoshi like actually there's like a Bitcoin was generated and created by like three different people, but then Satoshi like left halfway through the product, but he gets all the recognition and the other two people don't. I don't know it's true. Like that's the one thing about cryptocurrency. It's like all these rumors. It's like I heard this and I heard this, but nothing's ever substantiated because it's behind this veil of privacy. Yeah, it's so sketchy. Yeah. I I'm hoping like twenty twenty five there's a documentary on Netflix about this like origin of blockchain. Who is, who is Satoshi? Yeah, it'll come out. It'll come that, out. That'd be hilarious. It's my prediction. But yeah. Okay. All right. Well, any parting thoughts about um, blockchain, Tony? No, I think uh, we we hit the major parts. If if you're interested, there's a ton of resources online about the technology, the underlying technology, and, and don't take what we said like it, it. We're very very simplifying it at this point with what we told you to in today's episode. Um, but if you want to get in depth, like get your hands dirty, just do a couple Google searches, and there'll be plenty of information out there for you. There was a good video I found, and I don't know where it is anymore to be honest but it actually was a video about blockchain and it was hmm. uh they took like a like a like a kindergartner of like a f- third grader fifth grader an eighth grader a high schooler uh, and like a phd student and like an adult or something like that whatever they took people of varying levels of education and they wanted to um they wanted to ask them and ask them to describe what blockchain actually is Mm-hmm. And so they and they they explained what blockchain was. Well, first they asked if they knew what blockchain was, and then they asked, and then if they didn't know or they didn't say it properly, then they explained it to them in a level that each educational level would have understand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was probably really helpful and kind of funny too. It was, and and there I think it was I forget the, there's a girl who's like really public about like blockchain. I think her title is like blockchain expert, like that or blockchain something promoter guru. Yeah, cause something like that. But like she was like she was trying to explain it. She was like the main character of this video, and it was actually pretty funny. If we can find that, we'll put it in the show notes, which will be available at the forty five one podcast dot com slash thirty six. And right. any other cool stuff we'll put there as well. Okay. All right. That sounds good. Well, uh, Tony, take us out. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. We will see you next week. Your, we will see you next week. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this episode. Please follow us on Twitter at the 4501 Podcast to keep up with the latest news and events. If you have any suggestions for episodes or would like to contact us, shoot us an email at the4501podcast at gmail.com.